Hello again, it's good to see you. It's good to be with you again. Uh, today we're going to go ahead and finish out our discussion on the faithfulness of God as we see it shown in the book of Joshua and how the land is finally delivered into the hands of the Israelites. The land motif in the book uh, represents God's fulfillment of his promises. It represents his faithfulness to his presence to be with the people in times of difficulty and in times of victory. It shows God's faithfulness to punish to punish people when they have rebelled against the covenant that he set with them, God's own people. It shows his uh, willingness to punish those who have rejected God's covenant all along the way. And that that punishment is, is true and it requires an additional act on God and that is what today's message is about. We're looking at the faithfulness of God to pardon, to pardon his people, to forgive. And so today we're going to look at three distinct stories in the book of Joshua. And then we're going to go ahead and discuss how that might relate today. But the first of those stories comes from the, uh, the follow-up to Ai. You see, God is faithful throughout the book of Joshua to pardon those who will truly repent and place their faith in him. And when Israel had gone from Jericho to Ai, they were unsuccessful in routing uh, the people. And they realized there had been sin in the camp. And so Achan actually ends up punished as a result of the sin in the camp. But they then go out and they have great victory with Ai. And they conquer the people, and after they finish, they move to uh, Mount Ebal. And from there, they have a covenant ceremony where they join together and they read the entire law of Moses. And it says, after Joshua read all of the words of the law, the blessings and cursings according to all that is written in the book of the law, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before the assembly of Israel and the women and the little ones and the children who were among them. And so we see at the beginning of this that Joshua is being obedient to bring the people together because the Lord commands the children of Israel to do this. And so they are reestablished into the blessings of the covenant and God's uh, pardoning the sin of the people because of the sins of Achan. And so repentance results in God's renewed presence in their lives and he forgives their sin. Well, following this, the very next chapter, however, even though they've committed to doing what God has called them to do, they are confronted with this new people group called the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites have decided that they are afraid of Israel. They're actually the next people group uh, in line to be defeated by Israel. And so they dress up, they put a ruse on, they try to deceive the Israelites, they dress up as uh, people who traveled from very far away, come to Joshua and say, uh, we are from a very far away land, uh, would we make a covenant with you that we'll be your servants and, and that you will, uh, you will guard and protect us and that we'll be friends. Well, it says that Joshua did not consult the Lord. <clears throat> he makes a covenant with these people. And then shortly thereafter, he discovers that these people are, in fact, the ones that he's supposed to destroy next. And it says that after all of that, uh, Joshua says to them, Why have you deceived us? We are very far from you when you are very near to us. And now you are cursed and you shall uh, not be free from being slaves. And so there is a punishment for their deceit. However, because they had made a covenant and because they had sought out uh, favor with the people of God, this fate is much better than the fate that would have waited for them. They would have uh, been destroyed. And their punishment is almost a blessing in disguise because they will be woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. And so it goes on in verse 27, And that day Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose, even to this day. And so they become servants of the Most High God as a result of trying their very best to be brought under the right side of the people of God. And if we follow the next chapter, the Amorites realize that the Gibeonites have made this treaty and they come against them with all their power and God supports Israel in defending the Gibeonites and routing the Amorites of the north. 
So God is faithful to pardon. When we deserve punishment, when we deserve to be uh, judged and have great consequences for our actions, God is faithful to pardon those that are truly repentant and those that seek forgiveness. And we see that. Uh, the third example that I wanted to look at is the uh, wonderful story of Rahab. And if you recall, Rahab is uh, working in Jericho. She's um, not got a living that most of us would uh, uh, want for our children today, but she is a prostitute. And she ends up hiding the Israelites that are in the city of Jericho. And she hides these spies and recognizes that these spies represent the people of God and that God is with them and God is going to bring destruction to Jericho. And so she repents from her own people, turns away from her people, hides the uh, Israelite spies, and then asks, you know, I know that your God is the true God. Would he find favor with us and would he um, be with us? And she allows them to escape from the wall. Uh, the scarlet cord is, of course, a great representation of uh, salvation through the scarlet uh, color, which we, we recognize as a symbol of the blood of Christ. And they are freed. Well, when the whole walls of Jericho come tumbling down, there's one area that is spared. And this area is the house where Rahab and her family live. And they are spared. And Rahab is brought from certain destruction, death, judgment for being part of this wicked people, the people of Jericho, and made a co-heir of the Israelites. In fact, her genealogy leads to Christ. She is one of Jesus Christ's great, great grandmas. And so what a wonderful story of redemption and pardoning and how God will take uh, someone who is truly repentant and truly seeking him and bring salvation to them. So recognizing God's faithfulness and how he is faithful to pardon, we need to look today to say, uh, are we living in repentance and are we turning our hearts to God? Most people today don't understand repentance. In fact, one of the great humanists of the 20th century, uh, Marganita Lasky, she's quoted as saying, what I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have nobody to forgive me. What a sad, sad statement. Because she does have someone, she did have someone who would have forgiven her and that was Jesus Christ. Are you walking today in the forgiveness of Christ? Are you living in the pardoning power that comes through the sacrifice of Christ? I hope that you will. I hope that you will choose to walk with him today. And that if you've got sin in your life and that you're standing in God's punishment, repent and turn from it so that you can experience the great pardoning power that comes only through Jesus Christ. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you have a wonderful day. Tell other people about Jesus so that they might find what it's like to be pardoned. God bless.